2019. Has come and gone, and it was bland as fuck. Hi, Jacob. Yeah, overall it was... Yeah. There was some really cool stuff announced, and there was some really cool stuff that we already kind of knew was happening that they sort of shed a wee bit more light on, and that's about it. I wasn't really blown away by anything that I had no idea about, other than maybe Ghostwire Tokyo. Oh, yeah, that that actually looked good. We'll get talking about that soon enough. This will be the E3 2019 episode. We shall be talking about all the different conferences that were had, and we're going to give our thoughts and our opinions on what was presented, what we liked personally, and um, at the end, we'll both give our winner of E3 award. <laughs> yeah. Let's get right into it. Let's start with Microsoft, because they were the first one to go. Yeah. The first thing that I want to say is that Keanu Reeves stole the fucking show. <laughs> he, he did for that whole conference. No one could talk about anything else. The internet has been aflame with all the memes and everything going with it ever since. I was just watching the conference and I fully think that was the first time an audience was genuinely excited for a celebrity appearance. Yeah. Everyone just loved it. He showed up in the Cyberpunk 2077 trailer right at the end, and everyone was like, oh my god, Keanu Reeves is in Cyberpunk 2077. And then the announcer was was like, please welcome Keanu Reeves, and everyone lost their fucking mind. Yeah, it was it was entertaining to watch that many people lose their shit. It was, it was fantastic. The whole thing with the guy yelling, you're breathtaking at a oh, piano. That, that, was, that was touching. And I liked how CD Projekt Red actually then was like, hey, you get a, uh, a copy of 2077. And he turned it down saying yeah, he yeah, wants yeah. the money to go to charity instead. Like, that's, that that's the sign just, of a true sweetheart. That is the... Keanu effect. It's just everyone's a really nice guy after talking to uh, Keanu. But speaking of Cyberpunk, what did you think of the actual trailer? I think it built, built, it built on the hype from last year's E3, where they showed the big gameplay reveal and hinted at some of the stuff you can do. And I think the trailer adds a lot more questions than it answered, which I really like. Because it's going to be such a huge world and it's going to be so in-depth, or so they're hoping, I don't want lots of questions answered now. I want to play it and find out. The world looks breathtaking. <laughs> that was unintentional. It looks amazing. But there was one gripe I had with it. There was, the dialogue felt kind of cliched. Like when the guy was dying in the... Um, in the car when they were getting away and the main character was like, oh, come on, man, you got to pull through. Think of all the stuff that we need to do. And the dying guy was like, I'm sorry. And I've heard those lines spoken in at least 20, 30 other movies or games. How um, Keanu's character, Johnny, comes and like, we have a city to burn. Like, okay, that's also kind of cliche. Dialogue wasn't at its best, but I'm hoping that those lines were in there because they were the kind of stuff that build hype for a trailer. That's exactly it. They're, they're trying to not give away too many details about the game and the gameplay and the story and everything, and they're doing a good job of building anticipation for what the story will actually be and how it will evolve without giving too much away, and I feel that's what they've done well with the trailer. 
That being said, I wish I could have seen more gameplay, but we'd have to be at E3 for that because it was the 15-minute gameplay yeah. demo that was only released at E3, and they're going to release more at PAXCon? PAX East. I mean, we're just going to have to wait for that to see more yeah. Yeah, gameplay, I, I guess. I watched um, the E3 Coliseum bit with the CEO of CD Projekt Red, and there was still no gameplay demo like yeah. shown on screen. The only gameplay demo is the hands-on you have at E3, and obviously we weren't there because we are halfway across the world. Yep. So can't really tell on the quality of the of the of the gameplay, but just from the very small snippets we saw, it it looks good. Yeah. It, yeah. It looks like um more refined version of Deus Ex, the new Deus Ex, um, Human Revolution and Mankind Divided. Yeah, it's definitely got elements of that world, but I think because it's telling its own story, and I, I reckon they're doing quite well with building its own world in this, that it doesn't feel like Deus Ex, to me at least. Yeah, no, no, no. There's no, still, no, um, still yeah. nods towards like that, like the other yeah. cyberpunk and dystopian sort of um, movies and games and stuff. Like yeah. there's definitely nods to all that sort of stuff without being reliant on all the tropes that are built from those yeah, so no, far. I wasn't saying that it looks like Deus Ex. It has things in common with Deus Ex because it's obviously in the same kind of sub-genre, but it definitely has its own identity, yeah. and it, it it can definitely stand on its own two feet. But apart from that, I can't really speculate or say much more because that's all the information we have. Yeah. What was there else that was really good? Um, Let me see here. The Outer Worlds. It honestly looks like the sequel to Fallout New Vegas that we always wanted, but it's in space. Yeah, it looks somewhere between Borderlands and Fallout New Vegas, and I am perfectly okay with that. Like, I think it's that more light-hearted side to Borderlands, but the serious and story-driven and open-world choices and you, what you can do that you get and you expect from a Fallout game like New Vegas. Yeah. And I'm very interested to see where this goes. The developers, um, Obsidian Entertainment, which, like I said, made Fallout New Vegas, which is my favorite Fallout game. Yeah. Definitely interested to see if this will turn out good. After Fallout 4, which I didn't think was a bad game, but I didn't think it lived up to 3 and New Vegas. Definitely not to New Vegas. And after <laughs> 76, I'm really itching for a Fallout-like experience that's actually good. Yeah, yeah. It looks kind of like a space opera, but more not so grandiose so not something like star wars but yeah star wars-esque it's more a lot more political rather than like a hero's journey kind of kind of yeah, story yeah have you seen any of the gameplay for that uh i've seen the trailers and like the little bits of gameplay that were in there and it looks really nice and fluid it looks believable the character design and everything looks really, really cool and like unique, but not doesn't have a weird art style to it. It's not. It looks nice and balanced between stylization and realism. It just looks. Oh, it looks beautiful. I've watched the interview with uh, some of the Obsidian people, and they actually had 
the gameplay demo on display on there and it showed one of the quests and the dialogue um, tree is gonna it's gonna play out and it actually looked good it actually looked like a decent rpg even though the facial animations still look like fallout new vegas but just more detailed i'm okay with that fallout new vegas and stuff wasn't wasn't too bad it, it yeah. was a good base. It was a good base yeah. for a, uh, like facial mapping and animation. And yeah. I feel like if they add in some more details and fine tune it a bit, it could be very, very worth our time. Yeah. Going into full space opera mode, though, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. I confess myself a bit disappointed. I I went from wanting to pre-order the game as soon as I know about it to now. I'm going to wait until release day and see some gameplay footage and see what that's like. I don't want to judge it too harshly based on the gameplay that they showed us. What I think they're doing is they're trying to show us gameplay without showing us anything too late game so that we are not building too much hype about all this cool stuff you can do and then find out that you can't do it until level 30 or whatever. Well, apparently the gameplay demo that was shown... That was quite late in the game. Like, that's when you're fully powered up. And uh, so I'm just like, uh, that looks like a poor man's Uncharted with kind of boring platforming and kind of boring combat. And I'm like, oh, I really wanted to like this. This makes me feel like it's uh, The Force Unleashed 2 again. It did feel very reminiscent of force unleashed games i still have faith in respawn they did make titanfall and titanfall 2 those were some very well made games i'm not gonna shout fire and brimstone just yet but my hype hasn't been dampened a bit maybe it will still be a day one purchase for me if they show more stuff at pax and like a different area of gameplay some more mechanics because right now it just looks like your run-of-the-mill star wars game that looks pretty yeah that was a disappointment for me i wanted the game to soar high soar high like flight simulator huh oh oh that game looks like a lot of fun and yes i do really appreciate that pun you just made uh yes it was a (laughs) great little segue yeah that actually looks really good flight simulator what 2020 now uh, or 2019 Mm. they didn't say a year it just said flight simulator it looks really therapeutic yeah, and I like that you can do two-player and like one person is the pilot, one person yeah. is the co-pilot. And I reckon that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I reckon there'll be people that'll play it on Twitch and they'll sort of battle it out for control over the plane and I reckon that's going to provide some great hijinks. It'll be great to play with your mates and that sort of stuff. Yeah. I reckon that's going to be a very, very fun game. I don't know if I'll go all out and buy like, you know, go out and buy the flight simulator deck controls and stuff that you can buy. But I'll definitely have a wee play around with that. Yeah, I can definitely see it as um ASMR kind of thing. Like someone just like narrates something while they fly the plane and you can enjoy the sights while someone's telling like a story or something like that. Like even on like Twitch, I think that would be a great way to just relax. Yeah, yeah. And this one I think is unnecessary. Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition. Why? Because it's had a huge resurgence lately, and it's still regarded one of the best multiplayer strategy games like that. It's, oh god, it's a great game. I mean, they did the HD remake recently, and that was 
I don't think that got the hype that they wanted. This is going to be the HD version, but with all the expansions that they built, which added a lot more gameplay options. So I reckon this is going to be a good bit of fun. And if it's reasonably priced, it'll do well. If it's, you know, full price, full game price at uh, the current market, it's not going to do well at all, though. I'm not even going to lie. I wanted Age of Empires 4. I didn't want another goddamn HD super deluxe upgrade. I don't know. I'm sick of all these. But then, especially when it's games that have already had something in that vein. Age of Empires 2 HD was doing well. It didn't need yet another thing that does. Well, guess now they just want to jump on the whole games that can do 4K bandwagon. Yeah. Yeah. With the whole uh, Warcraft 3 reforged thing being able to do in 4K and all that. So I guess for oh, competitive... I am looking forward to that, though. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm, I mean, I guess for the competitive RTS esports scene, this is good news, I guess? Yeah, yeah. I think that's the market they're trying to get themselves into. Well, what else was there? Let me see. Let me see. Psychonauts 2. It's uh, starring the protagonist that I share a name with, Raz. I can identify through same name. That never happens. His yeah, full name yeah, is uh, his full name is uh, Raz Putin because he's from a fictional Eastern European country. And uh, yeah. did you see the gameplay demo or just the trailer that was shown at? Just I, I only saw the trailer for that one, unfortunately. I saw the gameplay demo. There was an interview with um, Tim Schafer. And with Jack Black, uh, who provides voices and the, I think the opening song for Psychonauts 2. That uh, makes me very happy. <laughs> uh, he has had a long um, relationship with uh, Tim Schafer. Like a, uh, they've worked on multiple games together, most prominently being Brutal Legend back in the day. More than 10 years ago now. Yeah, so he provides oh, wow. provides a few of the voices and the opening track. So uh, yeah, the gameplay looked interesting. It looked the it looked like Psychonauts, the first one, if you if you've ever played it, but with a lot more mechanics and a lot more like different puzzles that befit you know the indie roots yeah. that the game has now that the studio has been purchased by Microsoft. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see the direction that that takes. Yeah, Borderlands Three. I was excited. I cannot be more hyped for that game. Yeah, I was very excited before this, and I'm even more excited now. It looked fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know what to say other than I'm extremely looking forward to Borderlands Three. It looks like Borderlands Two, but taken up another gear and just more ridiculous more fun and a lot bigger as well um yeah that's and like i like the size of the borderlands games like even when you're driving around doing nothing killing time there's still stuff to do and you can find like weird little things and easter eggs and stuff and you're always going to be able to have a bit of fun i like that they're putting a lot more emphasis on the plot with especially with the sirens uh, they're uh, adding more and more lore behind the sirens yeah well that's one of the aspects of the game lore i always found the most interesting yeah so i'm glad doing that and um speaking of interesting elden ring the latest game from from software in collaboration with george rr R. martin 
Yeah, at least you know that he's good at killing characters off, so expect mm. to die in that game. I'm going to make a prediction here, Jacob. The game is going to be amazing until the last 90%, and then it's just going to plummet, and everyone will want From Software to remake the last 10% of the game. <laughs> I mean, he's hoping not. But I mean, yeah, this um, might be why he's taking so long to finish that last bloody book. Uh, two books. he's been working on this. It's two books. There's ah, right. two books left. In a statement from Hidetaka Miyazaki, the creative director behind the Souls and Bloodborne series, he says that this game will be a lot less Sekiro and more Dark Souls. So that got me excited because um, I played a bit of Sekiro and I can objectively say it's a good game, but it's not for me. I didn't like Sekiro. I have personally. not played it yet because I know that I will rage quit and I will throw a controller through my screen and I don't have enough controllers to do that <laughs> and I don't have enough TVs. I love the Dark Souls and Bloodborne. Bloodborne probably is one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, definitely in the top 10. You'll be happy to know that I actually just picked that up the other week for PlayStation, and I'm going to go through it. Ooh, nice, nice. On the difficulty scale of the Soulsborne series, it's not the most difficult, but it's not the easiest either. It's probably, I would say, in terms of difficulty, it's Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 3, Bloodborne, and then Dark Souls 2. So... You're getting, you know, an easier time, but that being said, you're still probably going to die a fuck ton. Yeah, I'm fully expecting to die a lot, especially as I'm trying to get used to the the play style and everything. I'm I'm more of a running and hack and slash and uh, that style of gameplay. You'll be happy with uh, Bloodborne because it's more your reward for being reckless, for going yeah. in and attacking. Before we go into the new Xbox news, there's one more game that we can talk about, and that is Halo Infinite. Yeah. I honestly have nothing to say about it. <laughs> I unfortunately gave up caring about Halo a while ago. I'm probably still going to end up playing it because they are good fun. But because I don't play Xbox, it'll be a while before I play it. And uh, Halo Infinite is set to be a launch title for the new Xbox. Yeah, Project Scarlet, was it? Yeah, Project Scarlet. And this brings me to the problem I have with Microsoft and their view on consoles. Like, the entire presentation for the reveal of Project Scarlet, all the dev team in the video was talking about like how this is so powerful, how this blows every other console out of the water watching that i'm thinking to myself like who the fuck cares it's like you can talk about how powerful your hardware is at the end of the day if you don't have if you don't have you know the library of games to support it then what's the fucking point in having a project an xbox scarlet or what the fuck it's gonna be called like this is yeah. exactly what, ha what happened with the xbox one x yeah, it's the most powerful console available right now, but it's trailing behind Sony and Nintendo in terms of console sales by quite a lot, like more than 50%. Yeah, they're not doing well. 
I would have thought that they would have learned from the Xbox One X, but no, they're still going with the we have the most powerful console shtick. So I'm like, okay, if you want to like, you know, the apex of gaming, just buy a gaming PC because all yeah. the games, because all the games that are on Xbox are also on PC now. So it invalidates the Xbox Scarlet's very fucking existence. Yeah, I'm especially with the Xbox Game Pass now yeah, being then, on, then again, on Windows as well. Then again, with that, I don't think any of the exclusive titles that are going to come out for the Scarlet are going to go to Xbox Game Pass. I don't think stuff like uh, the new Halo and stuff, I don't think they will go to PC, especially not straight away. I think there will be at least a timed exclusive for those, at the very least. Maybe with Halo Infinite, because it's going to be a launch title. Maybe that, but um, I totally forgot that there was also Gears 5. It was such a small thing that I totally forgot about it. Yeah, I think uh, I actually even missed the trailer for that. There was no gameplay trailer, even though there was gameplay in the uh, thing last year, in the E3 2018 last year. So I, I don't know. It was just a weird trailer where um, the main character, Kate Diaz, who is Locust Descent, going crazy and becoming, uh, it looks like she's becoming the next Locust Queen. And that's it. So, um, yeah. I don't know. That was Microsoft, though. Let's go to Bethesda, everyone's favorite company. <laughs> I know you're going to have some strong opinions on this one. Oh, I do. And I'll start <laughs> off right off the bat with the Elder Scrolls Blades being moved to the Nintendo Switch as well. Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. It's it's a mobile game that should stay as a mobile game. Like, it's a fun, weird time waster. I played it for an hour or so and then got bored of it. It doesn't have that draw, especially not for me, to keep bringing me back the way that Skyrim and Oblivion do. I would even say that it's a mobile game that shouldn't have fucking existed in the first place. Because <laughs> I've played it and it's content is locked behind paywalls and when you get a chest you can wait for like 5 minutes or 30 minutes depending on, you know, what's in the chest or you can pay to open it now behind every corner is some sort of pay to win bullshit that bethesda just is doing without any fucking shame now this is being ported to switch which has such a good library of games such a good reputation that this will just tarnish the thing like the elder scrolls blades on switch is a fucking cancer See, I didn't see much of the paywall stuff that you're talking about for Blades, but I maybe I didn't play it for long enough, or I've I played just, it for like I a just good found it three days. Yeah, I played it for about a day and then got bored because the they just you're just walking in a line and then you attack. You just press the screen a few times and then you move on to the next enemy and then you do the same. And it didn't. There was no immersion. It's just a cash grab. Honestly, is because mobile gaming is such a cash cow now that everyone wants to put out a mobile title. Like we saw it with Command and Conquer Rivals last year with yeah. EA. Like everyone's trying to jump on the mobile market bandwagon because it makes money. It's for the casual market, which everyone can get it, and then you know it's free. But then you got all these pay-to-win options, and yeah, and then Todd Howard. 
the man himself, the Todd, <laughs> gets on fucking stage and jokes about the hardships of Fallout 76. No, Todd, you don't get to be in on the fucking joke. You are the fucking joke. He's trying to make the best out of a really, really shitty situation. And I'll, I'll, give, I'll try to give him credit for that. Even though he fully said, like fully admitted that they knew Fallout 76 was broken when they shipped it out. But they said like they were hoping that it's going to get better with time. So they fully knew they were shipping out a broken game. They just didn't give a fuck. Uh, I just don't don't want to deal with this bullshit. And all the applause coming from the front row in the Bethesda conference, they I, like fully, it's obvious they were like paid employees to build hype for the conference. Yeah. And then they're finally adding some story elements, well, some decent story elements to Fallout 76 in terms of NPCs. The role-playing game is adding NPCs one year after its fucking release. I've said this to you before. Agree with holding off the NPCs so that, you know, you got a chance to run around without the other humans and the only other humans were people that were also coming out of the vault at the same time but i also agree with you that they should not have waited a year to release that update you've been saying a few days would have been the best i reckon a few months i didn't say a few days i was thinking more like a month because that would have made sense with the roadmap like by the time by the time the one month hit the core player base would have finished the main quests and all that, right? It would have made sense with the timeline of the lore and the game that more settlers would come out of vaults and start reclaiming the land. I feel like, okay, maybe even like three months. Give it three months. And that would have been a lot better than than being like, no, there's no problem. It's fine. This is how the game was intended to be. And then almost half a year later, them saying like, yeah, we shipped out a half-finished broken game, hoping it's going to get better. And we're going to put in the rest of the game in um, a year after its initial release. I feel like they're adding more stuff because they've experienced such a backlash. I mean, without being in the studio, we're not going to be able to know that, though. That's just my take on it. I'm not saying like this is exactly. I definitely what, think what... I, d- I definitely think that I've been scrambling for something to try and get some players back in because, as we all know, the player base for that game died pretty bloody quick. Yeah, I think adding in these quest lines and stuff will help a lot. I know quite a few people that just played it for the free week that they gave it away, thinking, "Oh, yeah, I'll play it for a few days and then give up." And then they've gone and bought the game after that because they're enjoying it so much. Now that there's, it's not as buggy as it was when it was released. It's not as tiresome, I guess. If they can turn it around, I'm not going to begrudge people for liking it. People can like whatever they want. But for me personally, I'm never going to touch it. I don't, I don't feel the need. I don't want to bother with it. I've been burnt enough. I will give it a go at some point. I don't know when that'll be. Elder Scrolls Online still looks great, though. Yeah, it looks great, but it plays like shit. At least for the cinematic trailer, it looked really impressive. They should get the people who make those trailers put a bit more money behind it than just make even a uh, Elder Scrolls short film, because that trailer looked really goddamn good. Yeah. Elsewhere, the um, homeland of the Khajiit, the latest expansion, like they're really adding all the provinces of um, Tamriel. Is it Tamriel? Yeah. The 
continent, yeah. They're really adding all the different provinces. If they're all different, then I guess, you know, it's something different every time. So, yeah, Elder Scrolls Online, still doing good. Yeah. This new game that we um, we mentioned before, Ghostwire Tokyo, it's a new IP, and it looks really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely caught my attention, and not just because of the extremely charismatic host, yeah. the creative director that... Yeah, was um, presenting this game she she was cool and it gave me a bit of a giggle and caught my uh, attention again yeah. after sort of my eyes glazing over a little bit uh with with the whole 76 ikumi inakamura is her name and she was a very good uh, presenter like she was very energetic she was really hyped to just be there and tell people about the game that they were making and like okay you've buttered me up now, show me the thing. There was no gameplay because it's just on a conceptual basis at the moment. There were people floating, people with demon masks on. There was ramen at some point. Yeah. Yeah. For the time being, on a conceptual basis, this is something I can get behind. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely interested in that. And I love games that include a lot of occult horror sort of elements. And this doesn't seem so heavy on the horror. By the way, the trailer looked, it looked more like an action game with heavier cult elements. And I'm all about that. Yeah. Wolfenstein Youngblood, nothing more to say apart from I'm happy that we're getting more Wolfenstein. Yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do because Wolfenstein and Wolfenstein 2 were both very, very great full stories. And I'd love to see where they're going to take that third step. Old Blood was also very, very fun. I feel like yeah. we shoot off Nazi was, zombies to the point, and it was good fun. Yeah, it was a prequel to the first one, yeah, and yeah. a side story. And Young Blood is a sequel to two and a side story until three comes out. So, um, I like this approach to storytelling, the three main titles, and then there's these in-between segments which add more to the lore for like $20 a pop. Yeah, although I do feel like Youngblood is going to be closer to a Wolfenstein 3 than a Wolfenstein Old Blood. I feel like it's going to be a lot more of like a full game by what I've been seeing, and I really like that you're going to be able to play two-player co-op. That is a nice touch. If it's the same as 2, I'm not going to fucking complain, because I fucking yeah. love 2. Yeah, that was a great game. I think I've finished it about three times now. Oh, fuck. All right. There were talks about this thing called Orion. It looks interesting. It's basically, from what I can tell, because the uh, presentation was so dreary and so bland and boring, yeah. uh, uh, it's a fast technology for streaming, so yeah. it will help with Twitch... And it's a proprietary technology from Bethesda. I'm guessing Bethesda wants to get into the streaming thing, maybe partnering with Twitch or Mixer or DLive at some point, or maybe all three, I don't know. And the last game for Bethesda, Doom Eternal. Oh, yep. that's all I can say. Yep, just... Oh. Oh. This is the only game out of E3 that I am pre-ordering. That gameplay trailer left me moist. It left it was... me sweaty and like a little bit uncomfortable, but in a really good way. Everything I loved about the first Doom, but with more content and like turned up to 10. Yeah, and I also really like that the Collector's Edition comes with the helmet of the, the Doom Slayer. I'm definitely going to grab that, even if it is 400 New Zealand dollars. 
<laughs> yeah, it's a bit expensive. It's not as much as the Cyberpunk 2077, which... 520? And actually, this will be the first game I have ever pre-ordered. Really? Yeah. Ooh, I've never right. pre-ordered a, a game. I've never been super into a game enough that I am willing to drop everything and pay money before I've seen what it's actually like on release. Right. This, I 100% trust the creators of Doom Eternal, and I want it. I want it now. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But before we move on, I want to slag on Bethesda a bit more. Go on. The player testimonials that were layered throughout the entire conference, I thought they were cringy as fuck, and it, it just felt like such a PR move after the disaster of 76 to paint them in a good light and be like, we're not a money-grubbing company, we're the good guys, you can trust us. That was basically all the testimonials were trying to say. Yeah, it felt like a political party trying to buy your vote. It felt like somewhere between that and like a medication company being like, hey, we're sorry for all the uh, genetic birth defects that we caused, but hey, don't forget about us. We give you this pill that doesn't really do anything, and that's why you like us. It was cringe. Yeah. I feel like the Devolver Digital and the PC Gaming Show we can breeze through because there wasn't really much, much that was just to good them. Fun. That yeah. Was just good fun. Devolver Digital continued their streak of just doing like a parody of a press conference with an actual press conference intermingled yeah. with the whole thing. The character of Nina Struthers in the press conference plays the um, the CEO or something like that, and it's all over the top and played for really good laughs. Because they have a good selection of indie games, but the one that stood out for me the most was a game called Carrion, and it's basically like a reverse horror game where you play as the thing type monster and you like hunt down scientists and uh, soldiers throughout levels yeah yeah and for the pc gaming show they tried but it was still cringy yeah i can't remember that the check's name the presenter check but just like last year it felt like a bit of a a bit of a try hard you know move to be hip and cool like it's fine if you want to do that but if you don't do it correctly it comes off as a bit goofy which it did but they did show a good selection of pc games the one that i was interested in is a song song it's a it's a game called songs of conquest uh, which is inspired directly by heroes of might and magic 2 a game i used to play quite a lot as a as a kid it's kind of like I, a turn i played my wee my wee share of heroes of might and magic oh, okay okay i see you jacob i see you I really liked that series as a kid, and uh, I'm very excited that it's it's not coming back per se, but there are games in that genre coming out now, so I can relieve my childhood through nostalgia. And more information on Bullets Gate 3. Yeah. There wasn't much, there was no gameplay, or there was just, just some like footage of the reveal trailer just it was more information about the mind flares the process of turning humans into mind flares the setting i can't remember if the guy said that it takes place 50 or 500 years after the events of the second one it's either one or the other and depending on which one it is the setting is quite different but i think it's 500 
So 500 years after Ball, Lord of Darkness did his thing and the uh, hero stopped him. So now the mind flayers are coming out from the Underdark. If you play D&D, you know the Underdark is the subterranean cities and the world. Yeah, the world. I was excited and this didn't excite me further, but it didn't damper it. It's, it added more info to the to the information we already had about Baldur's Gate 3. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely interesting. I'm, uh, I'm getting more and more interested in Baldur's Gate 3. And I mean, it was made by the team that made Divinity Original Sin 2, which is a fantastic game. Great game. So I, I'm confident that these guys are going to be able to make something faithful yet also relevant to now, I guess. Ubisoft, or should I say Tom Clancy's Ubisoft, because that's what it fucking was. It was just a bunch of Tom Clancy titles that, honestly, they weren't new. It was honestly the same shit, just regurgitated. Yeah. One of the few non-Tom Clancy things shown at this fucking conference, Watch Dogs Legion. Oh, mate, this looks so interesting. I am very, very keen to see how this is going to play out. I think it's incredibly ambitious, and I'm not sure if they can actually pull it off. They said that every single NPC in the world can be playable. Like, in London, every single, like, or at least the major NPCs are playable, so you can switch between whichever one you want. And, yeah, you know, and, it's, it's, and it's permadeath, which I thought was quite interesting. On paper, it sounds amazing. Yeah, on paper, it sounds amazing, but it's going to be really hard to build a driven story because you don't have one person. It's stuff happening to them. Now it's stuff happening to everyone, and it's how this person reacts to it. But each different person might react differently to each different circumstance that they're put into. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they play it off as a story. I think the main reaction will be um, the organization behind, what's it called, CSEC or something like that? The organization fighting against the government. I think they will be the major narrative force behind Watch Dogs Legion. All the other NPCs will act as puppets for them while still having their own stories, like their own personal stories, but the main story will will be them. Like, I'm not sure, but I think that's how it's gonna play out. Because they were always, like, each of the playable characters, they were all talking through their um, earpieces. So talking yeah. to the people in charge. So I'm guessing that's how it's gonna play out. But, you know, we'll have to wait for more info. What did you think about the um, mockumentary series Mythic Quest that was shown? At- I actually didn't see this. You didn't see it. See, it I was, was like watching a... this at work, so I didn't really get a chance to sit down and watch the entire thing. Oh, right. Well, For, to, for this uh, presentation, at least. To bring you up to a scratch, it's from the showrunner of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's a mockumentary series about a game studio who has the most popular MMO on the market, Mythic Quest. And the story picks up with them releasing their first major expansion, Raven's Banquet. And basically the story is life in the studio. So it looks like the video game equivalent of The Office. Should be pretty interesting. 
I laughed a couple of times. So that was a good sign. The only thing I find as a problem is that it's going to be on Apple TV. So it's yeah. a very niche audience. I'm not sure if it's going to... It's going to be on Apple TV for a while, and then it's going to go to other platforms like Netflix or Hulu or whatnot. But if I'm able to watch it somehow, I would definitely want to check it out at least. Yeah, yeah. There was talks of um, a couple of Rainbow Six Siege expansions. There was one called... Operation Phantom Sight, which pretty much plays out like a James Bond parody. It looks like somewhere between James Bond and Kingsman. The music in the trailer is actually from Kingsman. I thought so. I was watching it with uh, Eddie, my flatmate, and then he was like, isn't that the music from Kingsman? And I was like, holy shit, it fucking is. I'm not sure if that was intentional, but yeah, it looks like a mix between James Bond and Kingsman. It's not a full-fledged game, it's just a game mode. There's gonna be another Rainbow Six Siege update called Quarantine, which basically looks like Ubisoft's version of Nazi Zombies, from what I could tell from that very short teaser. Yeah. And what I would say, the big announcement for Ubisoft's uh, thing was the new Ghost Recon, Breakpoint with John Bernthal in it, the uh, actor who plays the Punisher. Yeah, and one of, he uh, used to be on Walking Dead as well. Yeah, for the first two uh, seasons. There's quite a lot of Hollywood actors playing roles in video games nowadays. Yeah, it's pretty interesting to see. I'm glad that video games are more and more of a medium that actors would want to be in. Like, they see it as like, oh, it's coming up with roles that I would like to play, and that's very... Uh, Interesting. Ghost Recon. It looks like another Ghost Recon. You played the other Ghost Recons? Well, you probably know what to expect in this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're trying to go for a more open world feel with uh, Wildlands and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. It could be uh, quite a lot of fun, I reckon. The new thing in Breakpoint is that your squad mates can now be NPCs. So if you don't have friends... You don't have to worry about not having uh, oh, squad mates anymore. <laughs> oh, oh. Jess Dance is 10 years old. Who plays it, though? Yeah. Apart from uh, Twitch Thoughts. Yeah, I can imagine there's a few of them playing it. Some of them don't even own it. They play it from YouTube and dance on camera. Yeah. And people give them money because people are dumb. So, yeah, Jess Dance is 10 years old. Neat. Yeah. For Honor is still a thing, apparently. Somehow. It's got a new game mode. It's got an expansion, I, I guess. Uh, something to do with Japanese demons. Looks interesting for the two people still playing it. Yeah. Um, and they came up with this new game called Roller Champions, which looks like Ubisoft's answer to Rocket League. It looks like somewhere between Rocket League and Blitzball from Final yeah. Fantasy X. It actually looks quite fun. Like, I will probably give that a go. It looks like a good one to play with your mates and have a bit yeah. of fun. And it's it doesn't look like it's going to be... There's no lore. There's no story behind it. You don't have to play it for 15 hours to get a decent understanding of what's going on you can play it for 20 minutes and be like sweet i've had fun i can see it being big on um twitch people play on twitch see their reactions get really into it i don't see a esports thing being played for it 
to end the Ubisoft conference, there was an announcement for a teaser trailer. Well, there was a teaser trailer for a new IP called Gods and Monsters, which looks like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, but for kids under 10. It looks like if Assassin's Creed just like walked through a little like portal and came out in the animation style of Breath of the Wild. Honestly, I was hoping for some news on Beyond Good and Evil 2 or Splinter Cell. I was yeah. kind of hoping for one of uh, those two, but no. And then it switched to T-Pain and Lil Yachty playing games. And that's the point where I just turned off the stream. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say right now that Ubisoft had the worst conference. Like, they're not winning any fucking awards. There was nothing really that stood out. Oh, and before I forget, there's also the Division 2. They're announcing DLC for it and the Division 2 movie. Yeah, yeah, that was... Or the Division movie. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. It looked like the director from Atomic Blonde, he did a lot of work on the original uh, John Wick and stuff like that. He's going to be attached to it, so that's, that's promising. It is interesting that Ubisoft is going for, like, more than one medium of media. So, like, they're really getting more into films. We saw that with Assassin's Creed a couple of years ago, but the less we talk about that movie, the better. They're trying with a mockumentary series with Mythic Quest and now a Division movie. Yeah. If they can make it work, I'm all for it, but I'm going to reserve judgment until I actually see it. Square Enix. Yeah. What do we think about Square Enix? I am definitely interested in what they're, what they're offering. I'm not even going to lie. Final Fantasy VII Remake is a day one purchase for me. I'm, yeah. I'm, I am so excited for it. It's gotten to a point where I'm like, I am tired of being hyped. I just want it. And just seeing the gameplay demo, how it faithfully recreates the opening scene where... You go into the reactor and blow it up. And even how the fight with the scorpion mech, how it raises its tail and you don't have to attack it when its tail is raised and you have to take cover. Feels really authentic to the original game, but set to the battle mechanics of Final Fantasy XV. Yeah, it, uh, it, it looked different enough from the original that it's going to be somewhat its own entity but still close enough that it still definitely feels like final fantasy 7 right down to the music they you know they they redid yeah some of the music with a full orchestra which is just fucking lovely i'm kind of hoping that they leave some of the music intact as it was I mean, with the remasters for Final Fantasy X and twelve, they give you the options to play the original score or the remastered score. So maybe, you know, they'll do the same thing here. You can play the very fancy-looking game with the um, uh, 16-bit um, soundtrack. Yeah. Life is Strange too. There are more content is being shown more interaction with captain awesome i think that's the name of the character that was showed last year the amazing adventures of captain awesome i think and i yeah. really like the first life is strange i haven't played any of the life is strange 2 episodes so far i think i'm gonna wait for the whole thing to be out and then i'm probably gonna buy the physical copy of the complete season yeah because that's what I... I did with the first one i haven't played either but i've heard nothing but great things about it so i think i will actually go back and 
and play them once but they're both out or something. Octopath Traveler, pretty much the love letter to JRPGs that was on Switch for a year and a half now, is coming to Steam. I'm not sure if it's coming to Mac, but I would definitely would want to play it if it is available for both PC and Mac, because, well, I have a Mac. I've always wanted to play it, but it was always on Switch, and I do intend to buy a Switch soon. I can't deny that there's a good library of games for it now, so I'll definitely yeah, want to yeah. pick one up, probably by the end of the year. I'm definitely getting one by the end of this year. Because there's a lot of games that you can play co-op. And there is a little uh, bit of like um, couch co-op as well. I mean, that's one of the things that Nintendo does best. The people sitting down together and playing games. The friendly environment kind of deal. There was a short gameplay trailer and teaser for Dragon Quest Builders 2, which basically is Minecraft uh, mixed with a JRPG. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if if it'll be really my thing, but I really liked... um, stardew valley i love stardew valley i just bought it recently so i could play with my workmates it's good fun yeah it looks like something like that there was the whole shebang about kingdom hearts 3 dlc remind and the new expansion for final fantasy 14 which is doing incredibly well yeah it seems to be like i didn't think there was much of a market for it but i've got quite a few friends that still play it to this day I'm glad to hear that because I honestly thought that it died out like years ago. Yeah, yeah. There was this other game called, also in the Final Fantasy world, called Final Fantasy Brave Exvius, which I'm guessing people don't get bored of the side games. It looks like Final Fantasy Tactics mixed with a bit of Game of Thrones, like with the different houses. They're all fighting for control of the Final Fantasy throne, I guess. Final Fantasy VIII Remastered. Now, that's something that a lot of people were oh, oh, oh. were really excited for. Not me, because I fucking hate the game. Yeah, but like you listen to My Chemical Romance, so I, there we go. <laughs> I like how you fucking said that. Like That just proved your point somehow. Yeah. Fair dues. But now, this is the, the end of the Square Enix thing, and... Um, I'm divided on this one. Marvel's Avengers. Yeah, I I want to see more about it before I give any judgment on this. It looks interesting, but I do not know whether I will play it at all. The small gameplay that we did see looked like it wasn't finished. Not even alpha. It was like pre-alpha. A very rough pre-alpha. And the character models looked off. They looked like the off-brand version of the Avengers. Well, I mean, I can understand they wanted to keep it, the costumes at least, similar to the movies, but that you can't have the faces the same, otherwise it's yeah. more of I the mean, same. I mean, I will have to see how they play out in the game. And they got good uh, talent to voice them. You got your Troy yeah. Bakers and your Nolan Norths, you know, and a myriad of other voice actors playing the other Avengers, which are... Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, Hulk, and Black Widow. And there was another thing about Hank Pym, Ant-Man being in there as well. Like, I think just as he starts to invent his um, 
shrinking technology. Cool. So that's all there was to it. There wasn't really much more. I'm yeah. not sure if this would be set in the same universe as Marvel Spider-Man that came out last year. Yeah, but... I don't know. I mean, they've been teasing that they're going to have that universe as the base and the flagship for yeah, putting for, other yeah, um, for the games for... in that universe. But whether or not they have this in that same universe like right off the bat i don't know yeah because there were talks about having a marvel gaming universe but yeah i'm not sure i'm hoping it would be because there was a lot of talk of the avengers in like bonus content for spider-man ps4 yeah, yeah but but i'm pretty sure this is a cross-platform thing so ps4 xbox and pc I'm not sure about switch though and finally we reach nintendo now, I'm going to give full disclosure here. I never played the majority of the Nintendo titles. I never owned a Nintendo console, so I never played Super Smash Brothers. never played... What the fuck's it called? Zelda. All the, uh, the big titles that people were really excited for, really clamoring for, I kind of felt nothing because I didn't have the history behind it, but I tried to go with it with as open mind as possible and try to give it a fair rating, a fair chance. Yeah, I have played a little bit of Smash, but not heaps. It is one of the games that I want to play when I get a Switch, but it's not going to be the first. I definitely want to play Zelda Breath of the Wild. And the fact yeah, that they're yeah. making a sequel is... Uh, oh, 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 oh. That is the cherry on top of the croissant. Yeah. If croissants had cherries. Which I'm pretty sure yeah, they do. Yeah, they don't. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> Generally, um, they don't. I'm sure they can, but they shouldn't because it's mm. savory. <laughs> that was the thing that no one was expecting. Like, right at the end, they said, Oh, and by the way, after all the fucking goodness that we gave you... I'm just going to tease you a bit with a fucking sequel to Breath of the Wild. The audience would have lost their collective shit when that thing appeared on screen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is getting Dragon Quest XI characters and also... Banjo-Kazooie? It's another mascot character from back yeah, in the I'm day. I'm fairly certain it was that. Did you like the introduction to the Direct, though? Yes. I thought it was very cute. They introduced the new president of Nintendo America, Doug Bowser, and then they had a 3D model of Bowser from Mario thinking that he's the new president. And then there yeah, was hijinks. Yeah, that, that was a pretty nice wee touch. It was, it was cute. And then it comes with the new president, Doug Bowser, and it's like, I'm the actual president, guys. Chill. And let's start the direct. Luigi's Mansion 3 looks something I would want to play when I get my uh, Switch. It looks really fun. It looks like one of those games where I would like to huddle up in like a blanket on a cold winter night, turn off the lights and just play it. Yeah, that, that does look like a bit of fun. Out of fucking nowhere, Dark Crystal Tactics, a Final Fantasy type game, but set in the universe of Dark Crystal. Yeah. That just came out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. I'm not very familiar with the Dark Crystal IP, so it's going to be... I never watched the movie, so... Because I have a few friends who really like Dark Crystal, so uh, this would be good news for them. Yeah. Witcher 3 is finally coming to Switch. Yeah, that's an interesting one. 
I didn't think that the Switch would be able to handle it, and I was right. They had to downgrade the graphics and the resolution. When it's in handheld mode, it will run at 540p, and when it's docked, at 720. That's way below the 1080p and above that the uh, PS4, Xbox One, and obviously PC can do. But it's Witcher 3 on the go, so... Yeah, yeah. I think done well, that could be really, really fun. And it's it's one of those games where you sort of end up playing for quite a while, I find. Like, I don't think I can sit down and play 15 minutes of The Witcher. So I don't think it's one that I'll end up playing like on the bus to work on my Switch or whatever. It looks like one that, you know, like you can't be bothered getting out of bed yet. You want to just sit in bed and just chill on a Saturday morning or Sunday morning after a big night on the piss or after... You know, just having a nice quiet night and you can't be bothered getting out of bed. You say, oh, yeah, I'll just, I'll just play a little bit of that before I get up. Yeah, yeah. And I reckon that'll be that'll be great for that. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? Link's Awakenings remake for the Switch. Something fans have been clamoring for years. And honestly, it looks amazing. It looks cute. It looks really responsive. It looks all the positive words for it. Yeah. It's one of those games where I feel like I want to buy with my switch and i'm pretty sure by the time it comes out it might be a deal for it like uh, you buy a switch and you get Link's awakening or yeah. surely no more heroes 3 that's finally coming out because no more heroes 2 was what back in 2011 i think and then suda 51 kind of like went on to different projects and there were like there was a top down no more heroes but nothing like a full third installment, and this is fully coming out now. Yeah. And also, lastly, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Yeah, that looks interesting. I mean, if you played Ultimate Alliance 2, it looks and plays similar to that, but now it's obviously with the um, craze of Avengers, the plot revolves around Thanos and the Black Order collecting the Infinity Stones with the entire Marvel Universe, which includes the X-Men and all that good shit, trying to um, stop him, you know, avert catastrophe. It'll be interesting to see which one's the better Avengers game, this or the actual Avengers. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because, like, it feels like they're kind of just flooding the market with Avengers stuff at the moment. Yeah, it's getting a so bit it'll be interesting oversaturated. To see if, if they if they sell it all or if they sell well. I mean, there's enough hype that we know it's going to sell, but yeah. it just depends how well it's going to sell. Really, these titles are always going to sell. Marvel Ultimate Alliance already has a brand name, so it has brand recognition. The core base is always going to go buy it. Marvel fans or new Marvel fans are going to try it out at least. And the Avengers game, well, it got Avengers in the name, so people will at least try it out. And that's all the conferences. Yeah, there was a so, lot to take in over the uh, over the uh, few days that the, the yeah, conferences definitely. were on. So... After all these conferences, Microsoft, Bethesda, Devolver Digital, the PC gaming show, Ubisoft, Square Enix, and Nintendo, which is your winner of E3? Where does the crown go, Jacob? Oh, if I had to pick one overall, I'm going to have to say Square Enix. Just because, oh, I love me some Final Fantasy VII. I love me some Final Fantasy VIII. But individual games, Doom Eternal and Cyberpunk 2077 win for me. With Outer Worlds coming very close third. 
For me, the winner of E3 is also Square Enix. It had the titles I was most excited for. Like I said, no disrespect to Nintendo. I just never played those games, so I couldn't get excited for it. And I don't have a Switch, so I'm like, oh, I can't really play them now anyway. Uh, but maybe in the future, uh, when I have my Switch, I'll be a lot more excited for these upcoming titles. And Nintendo may be the ruling king that many people say they are at E3. But for now, for me, for E3 2019, it's Square Enix. Because, yeah. like you said, I love me some Final Fantasy. And um, individual game, I would probably go as also with Doom Eternal Cyberpunk 2077 coming in a very, very close second. And overall wholesomeness goes to Keanu Reeves. Absolutely. He was definitely the crowd favorite. <laughs> I think Keanu sort of didn't know how to act in front of that crowd. In front of a movie camera, he knows how to act because he's done it his entire life. Standing in front of a live audience and pitching something to them that they're already excited about and they couldn't give a shit what he's saying. They're just <laughs> super, super happy that he's there and he's there in person after just seeing him as a character in the game. Yeah. He could have literally told everyone in that crowd to go fuck themselves and they would have been like, I love you. It was I kinda, will go fuck myself. It was pretty. It was it was very sweet. Yeah, it was such a wholesome moment. Sony was a mist at E3, but they obviously didn't have much to show, and they didn't want to waste people's times by turning up and being like, "Well, we kind of half-assed this year. Next year is going to be big. Next year's E3 is going to be massive. It's going to be E3 2013." all over again with the advent of the new consoles the ps5 the xbox scarlet or whatever the fuck is going to be called all the next generation games all the hype next year's e3 is going to be chaos and i can't wait yeah but we've reached the end of episode 11 jacob and i do think this is the longest one we've ever done i think so it's close to it at least i think we shall end it here and we shall pick up again with um Nerd Nebula and our other side project that we mentioned on the previous episode coming soon. Mm, I can't the, wait for you guys to hear that. And also the YouTube channel will be up soon. I just want to make sure the final plans for the side projects are in motion before I start the YouTube channel because they'll give us update videos and all that so we keep the traction going. So that's going to be coming soon as well. But until then... I shall be saying goodbye to you, Jacob. And I shall be saying, Hail Satan. Very good! <laughs>